Hello everyone and welcome to the round 16 trade targets, burning questions and preview. David Childs, we've hit it on the nail on the head. It feels like years since the last TLT. Uh, yeah, look, it's been a while. I had a nice break. I was thinking about doing some content, but I thought, you know what? It would be nice just to have a bit of a reset. Just enjoy the rep round, which I really enjoyed. Hopefully you all had a good, enjoyable weekend. I also watched Top Gun on the weekend, which was awesome. Such a good movie. I'm so happy it was good because I'd heard good things about it as well. So anyone who hasn't watched it, I would highly recommend it. Um, hello to Nathan, the greatest Supercoach podcast ever. Mate, that is very high praise. There's a lot of other good podcasts out there. So thank you very much for that. Now, Mitchell, you have never waited this long to hear a poem. I swear to God, I had not done a poem for this for this week because normally we do the poems on the roundup. You know, we sum up the week that was and I thought, you know what? I've got five minutes. Can I do a poem in five minutes? So if Mitchell, just for you, I've done a quick little poem here. Um, hopefully you're a New South Wales supporter. If not, you're not going to like this poem. But I thought I'll quickly wrap up State of Origin Game 2. Literally, you know, six, seven lines. But that's all we need, really. Um, so this will be the poem for you, Mitchell, specifically. I've never done a, a poem request, really, but this one's for you. State of Origin Game 2. Left Queensland feeling blue. Nathan Cleary with a masterclass, Burton's bomb and a silky pass. Now New South Wales to win game three, and I'll be watching with absolute glee. There you go. That's your poem, Mitchell. Hopefully you like that. Unless you're a Queensland supporter, you won't like that at all. Um, finally, footy is back. Rocco, absolutely. Um, Mark, question about Cotter. We'll definitely talk about, about Cotter, but um, I actually don't own Cotter, so I don't need to think about selling or holding, but uh, we'll definitely discuss him. Um, Amanda Music Before Your Live is Fire. Yeah, look, it's a good copyright-free music. Um, uh, Ewan, how, how are you? Benny G, damn you, mate. Benny, you were riling me up. You were saying, where's the, are uh, you going to write a poem if Queensland win game two? And I thought, not a chance, not a chance in the world. New South Wales should play every game in Perth, I think. Uh, we seem to always kill it there, the last, what, two games that we've played. So I'm happy to keep playing games in Perth. Um, but yeah, look, it'll be an awesome game three, Decider and Suncorp. I think we've only won two games up there in the past so yeah it's it'll be a tough ask um, Liam saying not a great poem Munster man of the match game three oh mate look Munster man of the match game three I can I can I can see that happening but bad poem mate I wrote it in five minutes give me a break um <laughs> Davey K yeah it's time for the best later ideas and summary for Supercoach you must watch every week oh mate that is a uh, really really kind of you to say thank you so much but um yeah look we'll definitely get into some of the trade targets for this week um quickly we'll go through how i went uh last week which again feels ages ago it was a decent week went up a little bit in the ranking so gone up to 5300 so yeah definitely have increased a little bit in the last few weeks which is good and so yeah, the plan would just to be to keep climbing i think i've set a new goal of to try to get into the top like 1000 i think my, that was still always my goal i still think i can get there it'll be a little bit harder just where i'm currently at but um yeah so it'll be a bit of a mix of you know, some steady trades and also maybe some potentially higher risk trades as well. Um, and before I get on to the content as well, quick shout out as well for people in the group league. So I know this is a, a while ago, but uh, Doja Cats with a big score of 1440 um, to top round 15. Um, and Alex Bearder Clams, he's been in the top, I think he was second for ages. He's now in sixth, which is awesome. And our top 10 in our league. Um, so that's Alex, Shane, Rob, James, Toby, Samuel, Chris, Vaughn, Bucky, and Guy, all in like... Uh, they're all above 112 which is an awesome ranking to be in um, and all of them guys except for backing guy in the top 100 so absolutely smashing it so feel free to join the group as well um, if you are interested um, all right so we'll quickly get we may as well get straight into the the comments um, or comments chat and also the content is what I meant to say and I think what we'll do is we'll go through some of the hot topics uh, some of the questions that I got on say Twitter and then I'll especially reserve some time at the end uh, for specific questions. So hopefully we'll address some of the main stuff throughout. But definitely at the end, when I start talking a bit about what my team is looking like and what I'm looking to do, we'll definitely also go through more specific questions as well. So I did put this together, this section together on Munster. Now, this I put this together before we got some confirmation a little bit earlier today from NRL Physio. It looks like it's more of an AC joint pain management issue for Munster. So he could even be a chance of playing this week. My feel is that he won't play this week, though. Uh, I think there's en enough reasons for the Storm to not have to play him. You know, he can miss this week. He'll miss round 17, so he's right for origin. He could miss round 18 as well and then be back for round 19. From So from the Storm perspective, they don't need to play him this week. They're in a pretty comfy position on the ladder as well. So 
my argument for say selling is weaker because originally we were thinking maybe two to four weeks out. Um, so I wouldn't go too much more into this section. I think um, the only thing I will say about selling Munster, I did have a th- play around with my team and you can sell Munster for someone like say a, a Jerome Hughes or like a Pappenhausen via duels. And I think those are really the only kind of players I'd be selling him for because it'll be similar to what we did for say like Harry Grant where we sold him, wait for him to drop in price and then get him back post origin. The problem is that if it's already round 16 and you know like me I've traded out the likes of Pappenhausen, Harry Grant, Tedesco, there's a few guys I want to try to get back in. Doing it again with Munster with trades running out and then trying to manage injuries and suspensions for whatever for the back end of the season makes it really difficult. So I think it is also team dependent. If you're not happy you say with your backup then fine you can maybe sell him. My ideal replacement would probably be Dylan Brown. Um, I know a few people are looking at buying Dylan Brown this week. He's got a good draw coming up. He's been really, really solid, averaging around 73. Uh, base stats are awesome. So he's definitely my top like direct replacement at 5'8". Um, or if you want to flip via duels to, say, a Jerome Hughes, then you can go to Hughes, who I really like at halfback. Probably slightly edge Hughes over Moses. Um, the only thing is that with all four of the Storm Spine, one of them always seems to miss out just to an extent. So that's the only maybe potential downside of Hughes, but he's been absolutely killing it. He was really good on the weekend as well for New Zealand, um, as was Dylan Brown. Now, I put Cody here. Um, don't think I'd be buying Cody. Look, if, you're, if you are looking to sell Munster, which I don't think many people would be now anyway, Cody would not be the one that I'm buying because the draw does toughen up from round 19 onwards. And I will address this question actually from Rocco, which is, uh, is Cody to Brown sideways? Um for a long-term move, I'd say it's not sideways because I think long-term, Dylan Brown is who I would prefer over Cody Walker. He's just got much better draw home for the rest of the season. And he's also just got a high floor. His base stats are crazy. Um, I think it was a game a few weeks ago against Manly. I saw he had a base of 49, which I was like, that is ridiculous for a 5'8". That's literally like beating out plenty of other forwards in Supercoach. Yeah, so it was in round 11 versus Manly, he had 49 in base. I'm just like, this is ridiculous for a 5'8 to be getting that kind of um, base at numbers. And so base average of 35, he's not going to let you down. He'll get pretty solid scores throughout and obviously has shown upside this year. But I wouldn't be doing it. Um, oh, sorry. Dylan Brown versus the Warriors in round 18. Okay, I might have got some... Yeah, I've got Broncos twice. So that's a bit of a bit of a mistake on my part. So I'll fix that up, Ewan. Thank you for pointing that out. I did put these together fairly quickly, so... It's probably why there's a bit of an issue, but through the power of technology, we fix it up. Um, <laughs> thanks, Ewan, for pointing that out. Uh, I do think it's a bit sideways, Rocco. I think being so close to round 17, and look, Cody still has a good match in round 17. I know Souths have been a little bit, inc- well, not a little bit, they've been very inconsistent this year. Um, I would just grin and bear it, I think. That would be, like, I tried to imagine if I was in this situation, what would I do? It would just be the more of the frustration of, say, if you sold him for Dylan Brown. Say Dylan Brown against Tigers, maybe you went 50-60, Cody goes 100, and you're like, oh, maybe should I have, should I have done that swap? And with round 17, um, Rocker, I believe it might have been you who actually asked me on Twitter as well, um, what are some ideal round 17 numbers? It's not looking like a great round. I was kind of wrong on that, I think, pre-round 13, where I was saying round 17 looks the better week. It actually looks like a, a week where it's not going to be as strong as round 13, for example. So I feel like numbers for that are going to be a little bit lower across the board. And so I think if you have got someone like Cody who will play that week, I'd be trying to hold on to those guys, I think, as much as I can. So I would like I think Dylan Brown is a better long-term option, but I wouldn't be doing the Cody to Brown switch myself, I think. Um, and yeah, so Raj is uh, saying you're considering upgrading Mam to Hughes, but you might wait till next week. I think that's a good plan, Raj, just because next week um, we'll have some ideas. So if Gamble is back, because he is on the extended reserves from memory. So if Mam is out, then you can obviously flip him to someone like a Jerome Hughes, who will be a good option in round 17 and for the long term. The only thing with getting Hughes is that it probably means your halves will be Cleary and Hughes. And then your fullbacks are probably going to be Nico Hines and Pappenhausen. So you won't be able to get the likes of, say, Tedesco back. If you're okay with that, then that's fine. You can obviously run with Hughes. But you don't want to maybe just... That's the only issue with going with someone like Jerome Hughes or even a Mitch Moses, um, for that matter, because it does block you really with the... You're going to want Hines and Cleary. And so realistically... And you're probably going to want Pappenhausen. So you really can't get then the likes of, say, Tedesco. That's the only thing I'd be considering if you are looking to go for the um, the gun in that halfback spot. But it's a good spot because uh, I mentioned it a few weeks it's a pod position for round 17 coverage. I don't Because of that reason that people might want to get Tedesco back, 
I don't think a lot of people will be owning the likes of Moses and Hughes. And if they kill it in round 17, that could be exactly what you need. You know, it's a gun that you can bring in for that week for the rest of the season, who does really well for you in that week as well. Um, Sharks are a decent team, but Storm, Storm of the Storm, really. <laughs> and Hughes' form is, is unreal as well. I have put a few other guys. I wanted to quickly shout out Matt Burden. I know he doesn't cover round 17, so for overall players, this is not as relevant. Maybe for a head-to-head guy, you could consider someone like a Burton. He, he's given me vibes of Adam Dewey from last season. I remember Adam Dewey, obviously Tigers, struggling team, but he was goal-kicking and he just seemed to kill it for Supercoach. Matt Burton has had a five-round average of 82, which is insane. And even if you go even beyond that, he had scores of 71 and 57. So his five-round, or his, sorry, his like seven-round average is probably like in the 70s, which is crazy. So shout-out to uh, Matt Burton. Um, if anyone did own Matt Burton, if you bought him for round 13, you'd be laughing. Um, Adam Reynolds does cover round 17. He's back from injury this week. But versus the Cowboys, he's at a really high price as well. And I just don't feel like I know he's had a really good season so far with the Broncos. But I feel like I'd rate Hughes and Moses just above him in terms of uh, Supercoach purposes. And they're also cheaper. So Reynolds has been really good. I'm just not sure if I'd be going for him if anyone's like thinking about him. Um, now, Scott Drinkwater, people are still my own Scott Drinkwater. I still think... If you've got him, he's a very, very good hold um, if you're not overly concerned for, say, round 17 numbers because the Cowboys have one of the better runs home for the rest of the season. Um, and I think he'll be a great option, say, for any uh, any head-to-head guys um, or even for the rest of the season as well from an overall perspective. Because if you look at that draw from round 18 onwards, it's the Sharks, but then it's the Tigers, the Dragons, Bulldogs, Roosters, Warriors, and then it's the Rabbitohs and then Penrith. So really, Penrith is the only tough match, you'd say. Um for the rest of the year for the likes of, say, a drink water. Um, all right, we'll go to the next part here. So Payne Haas. So I know a lot of people might still own Payne Haas. I do own Payne Haas myself. And, um, yeah, look, it's been frustrating. Anyone who's sold him has definitely done the right thing, I think, in the weeks prior, just due to the fact that he's picked up so many bumps and bruises. So he's had two bung shoulders, and now he's had this, like, ankle-foot issue. So, like, I I own Payne Haas, and I've... I, I'm thinking of holding just because I've got Max King to cover. But if you're in a situation where you don't really have that depth and say front row forward, selling him I think is perfectly fine. Uh, I know he's gone down to a really cheap price at 505k. The reason I'm thinking of just holding him is because just front row forward, I don't love the options there. Like Joe Tarpany would be my number one, but he doesn't cover round 17, so it's not as good from an overall perspective. Dave Clemmer does cover round 17, but he's kind of tapered off just a little bit. You can see his five-round average of 64 and three-round average of 60. It has come down just a little bit. I wonder if that's also coincided with the return of, say, like a Mitch Barnett, um, you know, maybe potentially eating into his work rate just a little bit. And he doesn't really have upside, so Clemmer for me doesn't really seem like a great option to go for. Um, Tamalolo, we I put in there because of uh, previous coverage um, and also being really cheap, but I don't think many people are looking at Tamalolo. Um, Joe Offengawi, a few people were looking at recently. I don't mind him because he's got a pretty solid 64 average, both for three round and five round. And with the Tigers losing Alex Twole, what potentially could be for the rest of the season, he could play extra minutes. Um, and Well, he already plays decent minutes, but he could play a little bit more and maybe bump his average up to, say, 66, 67, which is pretty solid. He is dual listed, so that is handy. Um, but he does feel a bit expensive at 578k. So again, He's a fine option, not my favorite option. Ideally, I think what you would do with Payne Haas is if you've got duels, which I don't frustratingly, is try to get to, say, like a second or a forward player. So some of the better second or forward options for round 17, like Ryan Madison for me would be number one. The issue is that Ryan Madison looks like he's actually going to be a late withdrawal this week uh, because he's got some rib complaint that he picked up in the Roosters game. So he won't even be available to buy this week, I think, based on that late mail. Now, Sean Lane, I saw someone mention it earlier, uh, Sam Houston, shout out to you. He said, uh, Sean Lane, cheeky pod. Lane has been really, really good, and he was he was really good in that game against the Roosters. Um, I know with all the origin and rep round, I also t- tend to forget like just games that happened only a week prior, but he looked amazing in that game against the Roosters. A five-round average of 74, three-round of 83, um, and his base out numbers are pretty good as well. So if you look at his last four games where he's played the full 80 minutes, it's uh, 46, 55, 49, and 56. So it's a pretty solid floor for your 2RF who's playing full 80 minutes. Um, he's got a good combination with Dylan Brown as well, uh, what it looks like on the left-hand side for the Eels. Um, he's sub 600k, so he's not super expensive. He is a little bit expensive, but not insanely. Like, Madison is a lot more expensive at 677. 
I would prefer Madison. I think he's just going to be more of that stable option who he bases like 55 to 60 each week. So Madison for me would be the um, the preferred one. But if you need to buy someone this week, I don't mind Sean Lane. He is a pod as well. So if you are chasing, he's got that upside. He's got a bit more volatility in his scores. You know, you can get some scores of, say, 50 and 40. He's even, he's even got a 33 so far this year. But, um, you know, he can obviously hit these 90-plus scores as well. He had, I think he had, like, what, two tri-assists on that, in that game against the Roosters. He was incredible. So, yeah, don't mind as a pod. Um, I don't think I'm bold enough to go for him myself. I'll probably, I'm more safe and I'll probably stick with someone like a Madison, but I maybe should consider him a little bit more. Um, do I think Haas could play round 17, Mitchell? No, I think Haas, look, if Haas is fit and he's playing, he will play State of Origin. That's my opinion. Um, because the thing is, even Haas at like, you know, not 100% is still better than almost all or, you know, there's only a few props probably better than him. And like, if you look at it from a super coach perspective, he's been still scoring like 55, um, around 50 to 55 all banged up as well. So it just shows he's still got an, an incredible engine despite all of his injuries. So no, I don't think he'll play round 17. I think if he's fit and he's playing, even if he's not 100%, he will probably feature for New South Wales. Um, yeah, so again, front row forward, not great. Uh, Oitikumanu was someone I was actually, if Oitikumanu was starting, I probably would have done Haas down to him just to free up some money because I wanted to get some money in to um, upgrade to get Pappenhausen probably next week. We'll speak about Pappenhausen just in a little bit as well. But um, I, I really don't like the, the, the front row forward options who are um, cheap. There's this guy for the Dragons. I think his name escapes me. I think it's, um, is it Polo? I might quickly, I'll quickly pull up the team lists and uh, we'll have a quick look there. But there is a West Tigers prop who is playing on the bench uh, this week. And he's making his debut. So let me quickly find his name for you guys. It is Fanua Pole. Sorry, not Polo. Uh, Fanua Pole. So he's a, listed in the 17 for the Tigers. So again, it could be a week where, say, if you don't need to play Haas, he does have a pretty high break, even though, so he will drop even more cash. Um, so if you people saying it's Molos, sorry, did I say Dragons? I meant um, the West Tigers. So it's the West Tigers um, for Nua Pol. He's making a uh, Pole. I'm not, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. So he's making his debut on the bench for the Tigers. So he's a 175k cheapy in front row forward. So look, if he's an option, maybe he bangs out, say, like a 30-35, you might be able to cop that. It's similar to what we had with Michael Molo. So I, I guess it's not too different. Um and my opinion then was he's not a great buyer, but if you're looking to sell Haas and you're not loving the other front row forwards and you just want to free up some coin, he could be someone that you go for who can cover round 17 and just be like a 30, 35 point guy on your bench who like at an absolute pinch maybe you can put in into your team. Um, so that's someone I haven't written here, but someone maybe to think about. Um, I've also got Barnett and Frizzell. So if you are looking at players from the Knights, I think um, I saw a few people on Twitter asking about the likes of Barnett and Frizzell. I pointed out Barnett, I think, a couple of weeks back for round 15. His numbers are pretty good the last few weeks. And I do prefer uh, I do prefer Barnett to say someone like a Kalomatangi. So Kalomatangi just hasn't really been that strong uh, the last, like, probably after the first, like, six, seven weeks. He's really been not that good. And, well, not he's been fine, but not amazing for Supercoach. And with the Rabbitohs' tough run coming um, for the rest of the season, and Knights actually have a good draw to end the season. Now, I know that doesn't mean much for someone like a forward, but something to note with Barnett, last year he was a serious option for Supercoach, not just because he was goal-kicking at the start of the season, and he could maybe even goal-kick this week. No Kalen Ponga, no Jake Clifford, so it's really either him or Tex Hoy. Now, my feeling is that Tex Hoy would be the one who goal-kicks, but if Barnett was to goal-kick, um, look, you argue how many points will the Knights score, but they are versus the Titans, so it could just be one of those really high-scoring matches. And I like his price. He's 465k with a 32 break-even. Um, you know, last four weeks, he's had um, scores of 71, 61, 41, 54, and then 78 the week prior to that uh, with no, like, major attacking stats. I think he had a try contribution or a try assist last week, um, but he's got that in his game. We saw that last year, and I think playing on the left is good for him because... Uh, Ponga does like to go down that side as well. So, yeah, I, I don't mind going with Barnett. I've got a little comparison of Kalomitangi versus Barnett if people were thinking about a round 17 guy. Main reason for that is because I think a lot of people might be looking to sell the likes of, say, Ewan Aiken or an Isaac Dungo. 
So around that price range, you've got the likes of say a Barnett, Frizzell, and a um, and a Kalomitangi. Now Frizzell is an option. He's more safe for minutes. Obviously, he probably played the full 80, and he's got a pretty solid base as well of about 48 to 50. I think his his base average for the season is 46. Um, I I still slightly prefer Barnett though. He's a little bit cheaper. Um, Frizzell also does have a higher break even. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I feel like the left edge for the Knights is probably just a bit better. Um, mainly because if Ponga is going to be um, heavily involved, I know he's not playing this week, but he, I think he prefers to go down his left side just a little bit more. Um, and yeah, in terms of some second or forward options, I've got Cam Murray, Olaquatu, Isaiah Yo, and Dave Fafita. So Fafita was named on the bench. But um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll go back to Fafita this season, just with the way that Holbrook kind of messes around with him. Um, and, you know, come back from injury, and even beginning of the season, he was quite a frustrating own, I think, for a lot of people. So, yeah, long story short, in terms of the hold or sell Payne Haas, I think he's actually fine to sell, but in my own specific team, I'm thinking maybe just holding because I can cover him with Max King, um, and then I can try to do some trades elsewhere in my team. Um, and then at a pinch next week, if I really need to raise some money to get, say, someone like Pappenhausen, I might just sell Haas next week for, say, that cheap guy from the West Tigers, maybe an Oitakamanu. I might do something like that instead. So he's definitely not a must-sell, but um, look, I think he's a pretty fine sell. I think banged up. He's not going to be one of those guys who will hurt you, I think, for the run home. And that's probably something I should actually mention in the table. I tried to do a bit of a guesstimate as to the points that some of these guys will score for the rest of the season. And what I kind of gathered from it was that if if you're wanting to buy Joe Tarpany, I know he doesn't cover round 17, but I still think he's the best option for front row forward outside of IPAP. This is all in the context of you already own IPAP. If you don't, I'd be trying to get IPAP for round 17 coverage. Um, okay, we'll cover that bit. So, uh, yeah, quick comparison of Barnett and Kalomitangi. I do prefer Barnett just with the fact that he is, um, he's got a better draw for the rest of the season. I just want to double check that price on Kalomitangi and that I haven't undersold him. Yeah, he's 493k. So, um, Kalomitangi is a little bit more expensive than Barnett. So, I would still prefer Barnett, I think, to say Kalomitangi, if anyone's looking at him. Um, I'll answer this question as well on Angus Crichton, because I think a few people have asked about Angus Crichton, in not just this week, but the last few weeks as well. Yes, yeah, so a bit disappointed in Angus Crichton. Your thoughts on selling Angus to Sean Lane or Frizzell? So, I'll answer the second part of that first, Peter. So, I think in terms of Sean Lane or Frizzell, I would prefer Sean Lane. Um, I think, yes, he is a bit more expensive, but I think Parramatta, you're playing you're paying for the better team in terms of when you buy that player. They're playing for the better team. Uh, and I think he's shown some good form. And he's probably equally locked in for the 80 minutes. I feel like they found their solution where they just put Sean Lane for 80 minutes on an edge. He will give you the lower scores, but I think he's got a higher chance of upside than, say, someone like Frizzell. Now, selling Angus, I did briefly think about it because, yes, he was... He was a big buyer candidate for round 13 when we he, he wasn't playing Origin. Now, he will play Penrith this week, which is obviously a tough matchup. And Roos's draw for the rest of the season is a little bit mixed. Like, they've got games against the Dragons and the Knights, but then they've got games against, like, the Broncos and the Cowboys and also Melbourne. They've got games against Tigers and Rabbitohs thrown in there. So it's a very up-and-down draw. Now, yes, he's been a bit disappointing the last two weeks, 60 and 55, but before that, it was 83, 84, 73. So I feel like he's, as long as he's playing 80 minutes, there's a couple of lower scores in there, but I think there are also going to be some higher scores as well. So I'm personally looking at just holding Angus. Um, I don't think he's in your top, top three second row forward, but yeah, I'm personally trying to not sell him. I think, I think I've got guys like, I think Tungo, maybe you and Aiken, I'd probably try to sell them first before someone like a Crichton. Um, so that's my general thoughts. I don't think he's a massive sell. I, I think when he's playing 80 on an edge, I think he's he's a former gun as well. And I think his scores are still been okay. So I don't think I would be selling. Uh, but if you are going to sell, I'd prefer going for Sean Lane um, compared to Frizzell from that option that you gave there. Um, okay, so a good question that's coming at the right time from Humble, which is, should you wait for the break? Uh, should you wait for the big break even on Pappenhausen to pass? Um, so yeah, Pappenhausen. So look, he's named on the uh, extended reserves, but the the talk and the early mail is that he will play for the Storm. Now that doesn't confirm whether he's going to be starting or on the bench. 
Now, on the bench, I would say definitely is not a buy this week, just with that high break even. Um, now, if he starts this week, I still think... Um, I've, I've written it on the screen there. I'll probably wait a week, I think, with Pappenhausen. Just that really high break even. It's a lower leg injury, so it's not like one of those injuries that you can definitively say he'll return um, like with full confidence. I know the NRL physio on his Magic Sponge podcast a couple of weeks back was saying that he was not probably going to look to get Pappenhausen in, in his first week back just because of the return from a lower leg injury. And I consider him like the go-to guy for like injury and the return to performance side of things as well. And that obviously has flow-on effects to Supercoach. So I'm definitely probably going to be waiting a week on Pappenhausen. Now, if you're really far behind and you want to try to get ahead by getting him in early, so if you've got that cash sitting there and you've got someone like, say, a cooler that you can probably sell um, and you can afford Pappenhausen, then I don't mind going early for that factor because you're kind of getting a week ahead of everyone else because my thinking is he will probably be someone we want to get for round 17. I don't see how he can feature in this New South Wales squad for game three. You know, they've already going to want to consider to try and maybe get back in Jack Whiten, uh, maybe Luttrell, and the team performed well at the same time. So Pappenhausen, I can't see how he gets back in for Game 3. So he's definitely going to be someone we want for Round 17 and for the rest of the season as well. I really like their draw for the next few weeks as well. Um, Raiders probably shouldn't be a green shading. They're, they're probably more likely to be a middle grey coloured team. So I've probably done them a bit of a disservice there. Um, so yeah, no, I think I'd, I'm personally waiting a week on Pappenhausen. I don't mind going for it early, but I think for most people, I'd say you can probably afford to wait a week and hopefully he drops in price. If he's named on the bench as well, even better, he'll drop a massive because um, you think off the bench, you won't um, hit a massive score, but Paps is Paps. He can do anything. Um, now, in terms of Grant Anderson, I thought he'd co- I'd cover him in the same section because there's a bit of a linkage between him and also even Munster. So say if Pappenhausen gets named into the starting team, I would expect then Nick Meany goes to one wing. And then the question is, does Aaron Ro- Dean Eremiah or Grant Anderson stay on the wing? Now, my feeling is that Eremiah would take his place ahead of Grant Anderson because he's historically been, um, when they've had an issue or like an injury, say, on the wing, Eremiah's been the first person that gets called into the squad to cover. So my thinking is he's ahead in the pecking order. Now, the, the interesting dynamic is if Munster is also ruled out, does that then mean potentially Nick Meany to, say, like 5'8"? And then that means, even if Pappenhausen starts but Munster was out, does that still mean, you know, Anderson gets another game? Because I'm also thinking of buying Grant Anderson this week just to free up coin. I don't think he's like... I'm not viewing him as like a cheapie who I'm going to make money off. I'm viewing him as a downgrade who maybe just turns into enough. Um, but maybe can cover round 17 because you'd expect in round 17 um, obviously the likes of Grant and Munster won't play and so if Nick Meany does play 5-8 and that means the wing spots are Eremiah and Grant Anderson that's good for us we'll get a number for round 17 but um, it's it's a really t- it's a really tough one um, in terms of the whole Grant Anderson equation because it really comes down to Munster and his availability fortunately Melbourne play the first game of the week. So we'll know about an hour before kickoff, about, what is that, 6.50 on Thursday. Uh, we'll know what happens. Because I think if Munster doesn't play and Nick Mini comes into 5.8, then Grant Anderson probably stays on the wing spot. And it's a good week to get him then at that point, I think. Um, because that shows that when Munster's out, Mini half 5.8, therefore Anderson, same thing you'd expect to happen in round 17 as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, it's I have to reserve judgment on the Anderson pick uh, just for now, because we just don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen with Munster um, for this week, and even with Pappenhausen as well. Um, so we'll get on to a few sell guys. So I'll quickly answer a couple of questions just before I do. So um, Jaden's asking, does Barnett always only play 50 minutes? So my understanding is he also had a HIA in, if it wasn't last week's game, it was the week before. So the week before last, he played 56 minutes. So, But he, there was 10 minutes that he did get ruled out for. So I, I imagine he's more likely to play 60, 65 minutes in that game without that HIA. Now, the weeks before that, it was 80, 80, and 54. So, um, But the, the games where he was playing the uh, 54 minutes was at lock. And I think last week was on the edge. And in games on the edge this season, there hasn't been that many because obviously he had that massive suspension. Um but he had one early in the season where he played... Sorry, that was his suspension game, so we can't really include that. Um, he had He's only had other, one other game where he played the full 80, 
and then last week 66. It's a very, very small sample size, but my thinking is if he is named on an edge, he's more likely to play 60 plus minutes, which I think is obviously better for his output as well. So I think that def definitely helps him um, if you are looking to pick him up this week. Um, Sam, is it, too is it too early to use the last boost? So yeah, I think I'll talk about this a little bit more when I get to my team, but in short, I've got one boost left and I think I'm going to try save that for round 17. Otherwise, I'll save it for, say, round 18 or 19. This week doesn't feel like a great week to use the boost. Next week feels okay because then you can obviously go really hard on, say, round 17 and get some extra numbers in. And you can all do up to four trades, which is pretty powerful. Or you can save that last boost, I think, for the couple of weeks after that to help you get back in some guns like Grant, Tedesco, etc. So this week, I definitely would not be using a boost. But I think if you're using it in the next couple of weeks, I don't think that's too early. Um, that's when I've, I've only got one boost left and that's what I'm thinking of uh, pulling out at that point. Um, okay, so a few sell candidates. So there was a couple of questions coming in from Twitter about um, Isaac Thungo as a sell. Um, I still kind of feel like I want to hold him, at least for this week. He does have a high break even, but it's just the Panthers team. They, like he's, just, he's playing for that, um, that good of a team on the left edge and a pretty solid average of 59 he's got dual so I'm thinking at least for this week I'll hold him if say next week he's the only guy realistically I can sell for like a Ryan Madison who I view as a really good option for round 17 and a season keeper I'd probably sell at that point so I think yes he probably could be a sell if he's your best option to sell but like if you've got like an Aitken I view Aitken as a slightly higher priority sell just because he's been named at center but unlike Tongo, he's playing for a team that won't score as many points, so I feel like Aitken is really going to suffer, and he's got a slightly higher break even, so um, yeah, that's my general thoughts on Tongo, I'd be trying to hold, because I don't think he's going to do anything wrong, um, but uh, yeah, I think there's other guys who I might try to sell before him, but I might sell Tongo next week for Madison, just so uh, that gives you some insight as to how I'm viewing him. Now, Butcher, I've put here because he's, I think, named on the bench this week with Victor Radley returning for the Roosters. So a high break, even a 78. He's one of those guys who's done really well for people who bought him for round 13. But yeah, definitely, I think, a sell option. Now, the next one I'll talk about is Cotter. So he was one of the first questions, I think, um, in the stream was from Mark Hopewell. He says, are you selling or holding on to Cotter? So I don't own Cotter. Now, Cotter, I think it kind of does depend on your team setup. If, say, for example, your hookers are Grant and Cotter, He's not a must-sell because you've got someone who can cover... Obviously, you've got Harry Grant, so you play him each week. Now, round 17, you will suffer because you won't have any hooker playing. You could maybe sell one of them for like a Cam McInnes, but I think McInnes slightly less keen on now as well. I owned McInnes for a few weeks, and I had one good score out of him, but his minutes did drop last week with Finucane coming back, so I think that is actually a bit of an issue for him. So there's no real standout round 17 hookers, maybe like a Reed Marnie, but... So I think if you've got like a Grant Cotter combination and your low trades, I think you could you could feasibly hold him. He won't change in price, obviously. But look, if you're looking to raise funds and he's one of your better options to make money, I'd be selling. Because the issue is that he's had a hamstring injury and hamstrings is one of those really finicky injuries where, you know, recovery can be a little bit murky, you know, depending on how the player pulls up. So I, I think he is a fine sell, but I think it does depend, you know, can you cover him? without needing to trade him because I think he'll be a, a maybe a decent option for the run home but I think if you sell him he won't be one of those guys who'll punish you and so you don't need to have to get him back in so I think yeah he's probably fine I think to sell um, so Mitchell for example you're saying you're going Cotter and Thongo into Paps okay so yeah I don't I don't I don't mind who you're selling to get say Pappenhausen this week um, I'm probably going to do something similar next week where I might sell like Thongo maybe like a Karaz, maybe a Cooler to get Pappenhausen. Um, I don't own Cotter, but um, yeah, look, that's aggressive. And at 15K, I can see the justification as to why you'd be tempted to go earlier on Pappenhausen, so I don't mind that as well. Now, the other one I wanted to speak about a little bit more was, uh, like, I won't really talk about Karaz. He's more maybe a sell for next week, but with a minus 40 break even. Look, he might not even be a sell in the, in, in the first place because he's been killing it um, so far. And he's the, the Bulldogs have got a really decent run home for the rest of the season as well. Now, Talakai, similar to Thungo, I'm trying to maybe... I'm definitely not selling Talakai this week. Going to wait at least one more week, see what happens with the New South Wales squad. 
at that point you can see, okay, if he's unavailable for round 17, got some slightly tougher games coming up in the next month, then you can maybe use him as a sell for like a Madison. Um, if not, uh, and he's playing, then he's probably a hold in my eyes. And like he's he's been steady without being like spectacular. Um, he's been like he's been fine. Um, uh, but like an average of 67. And I've got him in my 2RF, which is a bit of a weak position at the moment. So, yeah, definitely not keen on selling Talakai this week. I think without the picture known for Game 3, you don't want to make that risk of selling him and then finding out he's available for round 17. Now, Kula, again, not a must-sell this week because he's got a 13 break-even, but he's definitely someone who I'm fine to sell this week. So, say, for example, Grant Anderson, if he's named to play, I think I'll, I th- I'm, there's a good chance that I sell Kula for Grant Anderson via duels just to raise some funds. Just because Kula, he's got a low break even, but he's also versing Melbourne. So I feel like he's not going to do any much better than, say, a 30-35. Yes, he'll make a little bit more money, but I don't think he's going to be a massive future money maker compared to, say, someone like Karaz with a minus 40 break even. So I don't think he's a must-sell. Um, so Peter, for example, your question. Thoughts on Kula sell to Mike Sivo. How much is Sivo's price? I'm just going to have a quick look at that. Um, so I haven't really spoken about centers this week just because we've spoken about the round 17 centers so much previously. So he's got the Rabbitohs this week and he's got a break in with 61. So he probably won't change too much in price at 486k. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't mind that move, Peter, for round 17 cover. Sivo is one of those guys who after, like in round 17, he's got the Tigers and then he's got the Warriors. So it's a really good couple of games coming up there. And then he could be one of those perfect guys that you just hold in your center wing and you play on matchups. So no, I don't I don't mind that, Peter. I don't mind doing selling uh, Kula to Sevo for round 17 prep. Um, how good was Matt Burton? Yeah, Joshua, he was um, amazing. Um, he looks just made for that arena, doesn't he? Now, this is a bit of an interesting little section I put together. So not quite relevant for this week but a few people over the rep round break and also on twitter did men like they asked a couple of questions about like your dream 25 your season must-haves and i've done this i think once this season i found it quite an interesting exercise because it just kind of helps in your mind think all right who are the guys who if i had no budget constraints and i could just make a perfect team what would that team look like and then i think that actually does help solidify in your mind who are the guys that you really should be targeting so um, I won't, or I'll read out the team actually, just in case anyone on the podcast is listening. So I've got Harry Grant, Damien Cook, Joe Tarpany, Zay Papali'i in front row forward, and on the reserves, uh, Tam Lolo, and then either one of Max King or even Tino for Sumla Awi. In second row forward, I've got Ryan Madison, Cam Murray, and Hamali Olukwatu, with a bench of Angus Crichton, Sifa Talakai, and then one of Azayo or Dave Fafida. Halves of Nathan Cleary, Nico Hines, and 5'8 of Cam Munster, Dylan Brown. Center wing, I'd have Garrick, Brian To'o, Manu, Taylor May, and then a bench reserves of Zach Lomax, Ronaldo Multalo, and then one of, say, Val Holmes, Campbell Graham. Val Holmes is actually in the top 10 most bought this week. Um, is a bit of a pod, I believe, and Cowboys do have a nice run home. So that's the kind of reason why I wanted to chuck him in there. And then fullbacks probably Ryan Pappenhausen, and then one of Tedesco or even a Scott Drinkwater. Similar reasons to what I had for Val Holmes. So when I put this list together... Yeah, started making me think about who some of the must-haves. So that's why this this week I was really keen on Ryan Madison because I do view him as a top 17 option for the rest of the season. But unfortunately, it looks like he could be laid out this week due to some rib complaint issues. So I don't think I'll be able to go for Ryan Madison this week. And the reason I've only got three reserve colored players there is because you can obviously interchange your last one based on matchups. You could play a Damien Cook. You could play a second or forward. You could play a center wing. But yeah, this was my kind of little mind map of who I think are the best options for the run home. And so again, I can see why people want to do Cody Walker to Dylan Brown, because I view Dylan Brown as a top 5'8 for the rest of the season. Um, Yeah, Joe Tarpany again, people who bought Tarpany, I'm pretty jealous. I don't know if I can go for him now, but I do think that he is, uh, yeah, probably the second best front row forward for the rest of the season as well, Um, just uh, just behind Zay Papali'i. But yeah, let me know in the in the chat what do you guys think about this because is there anyone that, that I've missed? Is there like, like a big option that I've missed? Do you disagree about something? Because I think it was interesting for me because like if I look at this list in terms of my trade plans, like Harry Grant, I definitely want to get him back in. I think Tedesco, I'm going to want to try get him as well. Um, 
Ryan Madison is another one, so that's three guys already that I don't own that I'm going to want to get. Ryan Pappenhausen, so make that four. Um, I'm probably going to want to try to get Brian Toto into my team at some point if I can, so that's five. Cam Murray would be nice, but I feel like when I start getting to six and I've only got 13 trades left, I think it makes it very difficult then to try to get you know, all six of those guys in. So I'm not going to have to skip out on someone like, say, a Cam Murray. But yeah, there's like at least four or five guys who I think I'm definitely want, want to get back into my team, which is why I'm thinking about not selling Cam Munster because I'm already, I've already got five others who I want to get into my team who I don't own. So a little fun exercise I thought I'd do. Hopefully it helps people out who are looking at maybe say, if you're a head-to-head player, who are the best options? I think these are probably the guys that you want to maybe pick from for your head-to-head options. Um, and also it gives you an indication of who I think are like kind of season must-haves. But obviously we can't have all of these guys. The must-haves would probably be the guys who have put into the starting team um, if, at, at all costs. And then the guys on the bench are slightly in the tier below, I would say. But yeah, fun little exercise I thought I would put together. Um, I'll quickly touch on top 10 sells and buys. But we have covered a few of these players already, so we won't need to go through all of them in detail. So in terms of the buys on the left-hand side there. So Anderson, we've kind of spoken about. Tarpany, like I think if you're selling Payne Haas and you can buy him and you can afford him, it is a pretty steep price gap now. It's like 125k, but I do think, as you just saw in the previous section, I do think he's the second best front row forward for the rest of the season. So I don't mind it. I don't think I can personally do it though. Paps, I'm personally waiting a week. I wouldn't buy Cam Murray this week just because of the coming back from State of Origin. I think he had a HIA in that game as well from memory. So he might not be at full 100%. Uh, Dylan Brown, I like I like the buy of Dylan Brown. Just depends on who's selling. You know, selling Cody Walker, I don't love. Now, obviously, a lot of these these screenshots I took would be um, earlier in the day when you know we weren't quite sure what was happening with Munster. I feel like that's going to change a little bit. He's probably not going to be as heavily sold now. So I wonder if Dylan Brown's buy numbers would go down just a little bit as well. I can't really fault Nathan Cleary and Brian Toto as buys. Toto is one of the few exceptions, I think, in terms of origin guys who I'd be happy to get this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Just because he's got a pretty high price. His price is starting to climb again. 629k. And I'm just going to quickly get his break-even up. Just give me one second. Break-even of four. He's going to keep climbing up in price. He's got back-to-back scores of 116 and 101. So I don't mind buying him now because he could become very unaffordable in a few weeks' time. So that one, that's definitely one I agree with in terms of an origin player to buy. Yeah, Joseph Suwali, I definitely regret selling Suwali. He has been absolutely insane. Um, kid is an absolute gun. Uh, I don't know if I'd be buying him back. So this is actually a question that came in on Twitter. I'll quickly try to find who it was. Essentially, they were asking, would you sell Cobo to Suwali? So this is this question came from one second. This came from Joe. So Joe said, "Is Cobo a trade for Suwali?" So I don't mind selling Cobo just with the fact that he's going to play Origin and he's got Cowboys this week, so a pretty tough matchup. I wouldn't be buying Suwali though. I feel like there's enough good round seventeen centers that I'd be selling Cobo to. You know, like Mulatalo, you know, one of your Sharks guys like Katoa. Campbell Graham still is an okay purchase despite the low score last week against the Dragons because he's a pretty solid option. Obviously, he has got high base as well. Um, Cobo to Toto, for example. I'd be buying Toto over Suwali, for example. So I think Cobo is fine to sell, but uh, Joe, I wouldn't be buying Suwali if you're out there um, watching on the YouTube-verse. <laughs> now, Val Holmes, bit of a pod buy as well, fullback center wing. He's at a decent price of 550k. Now, he obviously had a crazy week um, against the Manly Sea Eagles when he scored that. Um, last minute try like his goal kicking he's been pretty solid this season average of 61 so solid without being amazing but he does have a nice run home and he is a former super coach gun as well so I don't hate that um, but again with origin around the corner I feel like if you are buying a center wing I'd be trying to just get a round 17 guy if you're like an overall focused player um, and Damien Cook as well similar thing with the origin run home for the rest of the season is tough I'd be probably trying to look at him post round 17 now, <clears throat> uh, in terms of the cells, I think we've spoken about all of these guys except for, say, like an Ilias, who I think, look, like he's been a sell for a while. I think he's not going to do anything great for round 17. So, like, say, Ilias to Dillbags, Dylan Brown, I like that. 
Uh, Benchovic, yep, definitely needs to be sold. Talakai, I don't agree with this as a sell. Maybe next week, but not this week. Now, Ewan Aiken spoke about him a little bit as well. I think the fact that he's named in the centers, um, yes, he's got an easy matchup against the Tigers. Um, so he could maybe wait a week. Uh, but I think the fact that he is, is a... Um, is, sorry, the fact that he is named in the centers probably means his base stats are going to go down a little bit. And I think that's going to kill him just a little bit as a super coach option. So I don't love him now anymore. So yeah, definitely fine to sell. And Munster, we kind of spoke about him already. So I'll address a couple of questions from the chat on some buys and sells. So Peter, you're asking, thoughts on Brandon Smith as a buy? Only 353k. So yeah, Smith, uh, or the cheese, Brandon Smith, whatever you want to call him. He was kind of popular the last couple of weeks just because his price is insanely cheap. He is starting this week a lock. Um, with Harry Grant playing at number nine, uh, I, I just don't. I don't love it. He's just not. He's just been. He's really been not very impressive. I think this year, uh, super coach wise and even NRO wise, not as good as what he was last year as well. So yes, I know he's cheap. Maybe look if you're doing say Cotter out, Cotter to Brandon Smith, you're saving like you're getting like two hundred something, two hundred fifty k there almost, and you're getting around seventeen number. In that kind of context, I say you know what, I don't mind it because your next best option is probably like a Cam McInnes, but I don't think he's been that amazing either. So maybe you're better off actually just taking the big money saving and getting Brandon Smith instead. So I think for that purpose, he's fine, but I don't I don't really like it, but I can see why you'd be doing it for, you know, raising funds. Um, Will Kennedy, an option. So yeah, Will Kennedy has been popular as well the last couple of weeks. The thing is, is that I'm looking at this draw now for the Sharks. Um, just want to quickly check who asked the question. Uh, Gazaraki. So if you look at the Sharks draw now, Bulldogs doesn't look as easy as a game as what it looked like a few weeks ago now. They look like they're in a good moment. Um, they are playing away as well, the Sharks. It is at Combank though, and it feels like Combank is one of those stadiums that's always conducive for higher game, higher point scoring games. But that that week doesn't feel like a great, this week doesn't feel like a great matchup, Bulldogs. Then you've got Melbourne. Yes, without their Orange Stars, but still Melbourne. Then it's the Cowboys, and then it's the Panthers. So I feel like I don't like him as a buy now. Last two weeks was okay with the Warriors and the Titans. You got 79 and 61. But now when you look at the Bulldogs and how they're performing with what's coming up, and I think especially when he's only fullback only, and it looks like Pappenhausen is probably going to be what looks like right to go for round 17, I kind of don't want to mess around with my trades too much then. I just want to lock in Pappenhausen. So I don't think he's as good of an option as what he was maybe just a, even just a couple of weeks ago now. Um, CJ, Moses or Daily Cherry Evans as a head-to-head player? Okay, interesting. So I think if you're a head-to-head player, you definitely want to be looking at it from the perspective of who would you want to have for, say, your finals, which I believe ends in round 24. So if you look for, at the run home for the rest of the season, so Cherry Evans has got after round 17, he's got the Knights, the Dragons, the Roosters, the Eels, the Titans, and the Sharks, and then the Raiders. So it's a pretty decent run home for Manly. If I take a quick look at Moses. So he's got the Tigers in round 17. Then he's got the Warriors, Broncos, Penrith, Manly, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs, Broncos, Melbourne. So I'd say Manly's run home is a little bit easier than, say, a Moses does. But I think I just about prefer Moses. I feel like the Eels will be a slightly better performing team over the rest of the season compared to, say, Manly. And he is goal-kicking as well. He's also running the ball a lot more the last few weeks, which is definitely helping him as well for his scores. So I'd just about edge it to Moses, I think, um, CJ. Um, who would you sell next week if you had to, Thungo or Talakai? So Jonah, we kind of spoke about this a little bit. Um, look, if Talakai's playing next week and Thungo's not, I would sell Thungo just because Talakai will cover round 17. Um, um, Humble, is Jerome Hughes still an option? Yeah, definitely um, is an option. We spoke about him a little bit earlier in the when I was talking about Cam Munster, so might be good to rewind to that part because we spoke. I spoke about him quite a lot in that particular section, but yeah, long story short, he is a good option. You just need to be conscious that there is a chance that if you go Hughes, um, it does make getting the likes of, say, Tedesco back in pretty difficult. But obviously, if you're not looking to get Tedesco, then that's fine um, because if you're running with Jerome Hughes, you've probably got Cleary and then you've probably got Nico Hines and Pappenhausen as your fullbacks, and you're pretty much locked into that um, after that point in time. Um, Hanny's asking, should you take out Cotter for Smith? Uh, should you or should you not? I can't really say that for you because it depends on what your team's looking like. But if you need to raise the funds, 
Um, I don't hate it, as we said before, but um, I don't think Brandon Smith has been that good. Uh, Dylan Brown or Mitchell Moses. So this is a tough one. I've seen a few people um, kind of banter this around on, say, Twitter. Yeah, Dylan Brown's that guy who's going to be really solid for you. He won't let you down. He'll get you 50 to 60 each week, generally as a minimum, um, and has got the upside. The thing with Mitch Moses is that he's probably got just about the higher upside. So he's got 144 this season. Um, Dylan Brown's actually got more 100-plus scores, though, than, say, Moses. Um, So I'd probably just about say Dylan Brown. He's still averaging more than Moses, and he's not goal-kicking. And he's got a higher floor. And looking at that run home for um, the Parramatta Eels, there are a few tough matchups in there, like the Broncos, Melbourne, Penrith, and the Broncos again, actually. So I'd probably just about edge it to Dylan Brown, um, Handy, but again, depends on your team setup. Um, okay, we'll take a quick look at captaincy. So I've got Munster here in the vice-captain section, but it doesn't look like... Well, there's an option... Sorry, there's a chance that he doesn't play this week. So my thoughts are, if he's out this week... I might put the vice-captain on, say, like an Hamoli Olukuatu, just from Manly, um, as an option. Otherwise, alternatively, what you could do is put a vice-captaincy on Nathan Cleary and then put the captaincy on Nico Hines. So at the moment, I'm actually thinking of just doing straight captaincy on um, Nathan Cleary just because Bulldogs, again, I don't think that's as easy as a matchup. Um, I'm pretty sure Penrith are playing at home, and Penrith at home are just a different beast. Yep, they are playing at home. They're playing at Bluebet Stadium. So I'm tempted to just go Captain Cleary. He's also going to be really happy with his form from Game 2. Um, but I think one of Cleary or Hines probably is going to be who I'm going to go. And at the moment, I'm on Captain Cleary. Now, some other pot options for the rest of the week. You can look at Drinkwater against the Broncos, but again, not the best matchup on paper. And then maybe someone from the Eels against the Rabbitohs, who did concede a lot of points um, last time out against the Dragons. So maybe a Dylan Brown, maybe Mitch Moses, or maybe even IPAP as well but yeah for me it's between Cleary and Hines my first reaction like my first thought was Cleary I'm looking at Hines it's a better matchup but I'm thinking Cleary better team playing at home I might just play safe and stick on Nathan Cleary it's a bit of a tough one this week so I think I'm just going to play it safe maybe and go with Cleary okay so that's about it for the planned content so I'll quickly then just go on to my team and give you some initial thoughts as to what I'm looking to do for this week and then I'll Spend about 10-15 minutes, we'll answer some questions, and then we'll leave the stream at that. Um, although, in all honesty, with my trades, I really don't know what I'm doing. Honestly, <laughs> to tell you the truth. So, we'll have a quick look-see here. So, if, say, for example, Grant Anderson is named, I'm tempted to get him in via Cooler. Now, I could trade Isaiah Tass to him as well, but I feel like... Uh, if there's, say, for example, the Rabbitohs got torn up by the Eels and they made changes and then Tass gets named, oh, I'd be kicking myself if I sold him this week. So I'm thinking about just selling Cooler, who I'm probably going to want to sell next week anyway. And then via duels, I'd probably sub one of Garrick or Manu to fullback. Um, let's just put Manu in for now. And then I'd probably get in Grant Anderson. This is on the basis that he's named. So that frees up more coins. So I've got 300k now in the bank. So this is just to help me get towards Pappenhausen next week. Um, and next week I would do it via selling probably Karaz. So Karaz will go up to say maybe 450, 460. Um, so then with the money that I've got, I just need to find maybe an extra 150k. And the way I'd probably do that is maybe sell one of Thungo or Payne Haas. And I'd probably do it for any enough or cheapie that's that gets named next week, who might just end up being enough for the rest of the season. That might be my plan next week to get Pappenhausen in. And then I could maybe even boost for someone else. I'm, I'm not sure yet. So I could do this move of Cooler to Grant Anderson and leave it at that. Now, you and Aiken, I probably will sell as well. But given that he is versus the Tigers, I'm thinking, could I hold him for this one week? Given that he's playing on the centers, he could maybe jack some attacking stats. Um, but if I did sell Aitken this week, I could afford someone like Madison. That was my original thought. The problem is, is that it looks like Madison will be a late out. So, like, I could afford Madison in, and I would have been happy with that because obviously that meant I'm locking in a round 17 option. But um, I don't think I'll be doing that this week just with Madison being what looks like he's going to be a late out. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit stuck then for a front row forward who covers round 17. You know, I could go Sean Lane, but I'm, I think I still prefer Madison. I could go cheap to someone like, say, a Barnett 
or a Kalamatangi. So let's say, for example, I went to Barnett. He's pretty cheap. So I would have 344k in the bank then. Um, so yeah, there'd be that's one option that I could do. Um, and then I'll leave it at that for this week. But I'm thinking maybe now, I just maybe, if Grant Anderson is named, maybe I'd just do the cooler to Anderson one and leave it at that. And then next week I can boost if I want to and use four trades and get in like Pappenhausen, Madison, um, and maybe a couple of other round 17 cheapies. Um, so, Handy, uh, just to answer your question, can you name a few bottom dollar cheapies in the 2RF front row or center wing? Um, mate, I wish I could help you out, but there's really not that much in those positions in terms of bottom dollar options. Um, we did speak about it a bit earlier in the front row forward. Uh, this guy from the Tigers, Pole, I think that's how you pronounce it. So he's 175k. He's been named on the bench for the Tigers. I don't think he's going to be the best option, but he is a potential option who may score like 30, 35 points off the bench. And you can get him in front row forward for um, round 17. So that's one option for front row forward. Um, you've also got Michael Molo there. Second row forward, there's really not much at all, except for maybe a Trent Peoples. Um, but uh, not much there. Center wing, potentially Grant Anderson. Um, and again, not really much there. There's really not that many cheapies handy that I can think of. There's like there's three or four there that I thought of. Um, but yeah, not a lot there. And so, yeah, I'm not looking to play Payne Haas this week. Um probably like that's why I kind of wanted to get Madison this week um but yeah don't think I can get Madison in this week now with with the rumors around him being out maybe I go Barnett maybe I go Aiken to Barnett um cooler to Grant Anderson and that frees up some coin and then next week maybe I do Tongo to Madison get some extra numbers in there but yeah um I'm really not sure but Anderson is probably one of those guys I'm looking to feature in this for this week um, if he gets named, that is. And I've got depth. So say hypothetically Munster was ruled out, I'd probably set up my team where I'd have the vice captain say on Olkowatu. I'd take the reserve off Munster. I would play at this point. Uh, who would I play? I could just play Payne Haas. Or I could play Aiken against the against the Tigers. Um, so again, i still got Payne Haas sitting on the pine. Um, I could play even Karaz against the Sharks, so I've got a little bit of depth there. But yeah, in terms of trades, Anderson's really the only one who I'm thinking of. Um, and then probably sell, if I'm looking to sell anyone, it'd probably be Aiken. The problem with selling Payne Haas is that there's not really anyone I can buy. And whilst I would love Tarpany, the problem with going with Tarpany is that it uses up a lot of my money. And I want to have that money for Pappenhausen next week. So that's why I'm not looking to do Haas to Tarpany. I could do it if I did cooler to Anderson, but I think I might just have to skip out on Tarpany. And, um, yeah. Um, so Peter, what is a good number of players to have for round 17? So yeah, if we take a quick look at my numbers for round 17. So I'm going to exclude Nico Hines just because I think, again, could be a chance that he's the 18th man. And I'm going to exclude Talakai just on the basis that he was picked for the Blues and could be picked again. So on that basis, I would have McInnes, IPAP, Leah Thompson. So that's three. Um, I would have Ezra Mam, four, Dylan Brown, five, Lomax, six, Mulatalo, seven. Um, and that's it. I don't, I'm not sure if I count Isaiah Taft. So I'm on seven. So really not that many. And if I was to get in Pappenhausen, maybe Grant Anderson if he plays, and then um, Madison. Uh, sorry, I said Madison. Madison, Pappenhausen, and Anderson. If I got them three in, it'd be getting me up to 10. And I'm feeling like that just could be what I roll with. I had 13 for round 13. So if I have 10, it'd be 23 across the two weeks. Um, hopefully there's a couple of other cheapies that we can plug in from next week. And that brings me up to maybe say 12. But yeah, a good number is actually looking around the, the 10, Peter. There's just, it's not looking like one of the best weeks. Um, Angus is sell. Or just keep for the rest of the season. So yeah, I spoke about Angus a little bit earlier. And um, Cassidy, just to answer your question as well. I did speak about Mark, Mitch Barnett a little bit earlier as well. Um, uh, I had a section on him actually specifically on Barnett versus say like Kalomatangi. Yeah, I spoke about Angus barely. And I think I'm probably going to hold Angus. He's not like I'm looking at him. I don't think he's my biggest priority. I think guys like maybe even Thungo, maybe Aitken. Um, Payne Haas is a bit of an issue for me. Um, Got to get rid of Kula. Karaz, whilst he's been great probably might need to sell to 
great fun. So for me, Angus, I just don't see as a priority sell. Uh, Leo Thompson or Michael Molo for a better option? Well, geez, not, neither of them are great. I don't think Leo Thompson is good because um, Dan Safidi is back for the Knights. So I think that's going to hit Leo Thompson just a little bit. So I think, look, I'd just go Michael Molo, average of 35, and he's a bit cheaper. But even here, he's not a fantastic option. All right, guys, so we've just hit over an hour. So I think I'll leave about five extra minutes just to answer some questions. But um, yeah, apologies, I can't really do much with my team, but I'll post, obviously, on Thursday what I'm looking to do. But uh, yeah, a bit all over the place. I think just with Teamless, with, with Munster and all that kind of thing, with Anderson, Pappenhausen, it's really that Storm lineup that we want to see the most. Um, and that will help help kind of define potentially my trades for this week. Um, okay, Humble asked a bit earlier. Sorry, Mulatalo or Manu for Pappenhausen? Oh, geez. Oof. Ideally, neither. Um, Manu, I think, is the top averaging center wing this season now. Let's see if I look at center wing. He's the top scoring by total points. Yeah, okay. If you exclude Sean Russell, he is the top averaging center wing. He's been absolutely killing it. And I read he ran for 401 meters in that game against um, Tonga. Now, previously I saw 398. So I don't know what running meters I'm seeing. But, geez, like 401 running meters is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, humble Mulatalo and Wainu out for Pappenhausen. I would say it's it sounds so bad, but I'd say Manu just he's seven hundred. Wow, I did not realize he was seven hundred and three k. So you could go Manu to Papenhausen for just a little bit over two hundred k. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I think with the Roosters slightly mixed draw home compared to say the Sharks, who after this little month have a great run home, and Miller Tyler plays round seventeen. I'd probably say Manu for Papenhausen, but I don't love it. I'm happy with Manu. I I view him as a season keeper at this if he keeps up these numbers for sure. And if he keeps running 400 meters a game as well, then he's definitely a season keeper for Supercoach. But um, yeah, don't love either. But yeah, probably just about say Manu. Um, see if there's any other questions coming in. Who should I downgrade from Cotter? Um, if you're going to downgrade, probably has to be Brandon Smith at that price. If he's if you're in hooker spot, and um, should you remove Kickout or Tango? Um, I wouldn't be removing Kickout. I do think Kickout is a season keeper, um, handy. He's, um, I think he's averaging higher than 65 this year, which I view as probably season keeper numbers. So if you look at his average, it's um, 65. So yeah, he's playing on the on a good edge. I'd probably keep him over Thungo, I think, just about. Um, are they doing three trades again for 17? Yeah, so um, Otis, yeah, so next week in round 17, you'll have the option to do up to three trades. And then if you use a boost, you can do a one extra and get up to four trades. So you'll have the same thing where you can go to three trades next week. So again, it's kind of why I was thinking, do I do two trades this week so I don't have to use my boost next week? If I only did the one trade this week and I had to boost the next week, then that's my last boost used. So if I did two this week, I could maybe hold off on actually using the boost. So yeah, a couple of things for me to think about, I guess, with that. I'll quickly bring back my team if anyone wants to see that. Um, let's see if there's any more questions that I missed. I think um answered most of the questions. I think we'll give it a couple of minutes. Um, so is Madison looking like an out for this week? Yes, yeah, Sticky. So I will try find what I saw. Give me a second. I'll just bring it back up. Now I I don't know who runs this account. Um, or the legitimacy of them. So I'll have to double check it, but it's basically, this is from General Rugby League V2. It says, Ryan Madison will be named, but is expected to be a late withdrawal due to an ongoing rib injury he has suffered in the final stages of their last game against the Roosters. So it sounds like he's going to be a late out, which is actually kind of annoying because he's 677k, and so he's going to be really expensive to buy next week. Um, it would have been nice if he played this week and went down in price a little bit, but... Not to be on this basis. Um, yeah, so that's that was from that account, General Rugby League V2. So I'll need to try find some... I'll need to find out where that is. Someone just sent me a screenshot of that. So I'll have to double check it. But um, 
it's being shared about it by a couple of people, so I feel like it's probably um, somewhat legitimate. Um, one more story, mate. To- oh, nah, definitely not. I view Taylor May. So if you saw, if you look back at my um, what I'd consider my dream twenty-five, Taylor May's in there. I think for me, he is a season keeper. Um, I'd be trying to add Toto, but no, I wouldn't be selling May. Last week, a few people were going uh, Tango Toto, and I didn't like it. In hindsight, it probably was an okay move to do, I think. Um, so yeah, Tango to Toto feels okay. Taylor May, though, I don't think so. Taylor May's average is like 70, 69. Average is it's one of the highest averaging center wings. The wingers always will do better for Supercoach just because they're on the end of the sweep plays. Um, so they get those really easy line breaks. So no, I definitely would not be doing that move. I think it's a bit sideways, Otis. Um, Tamara Martin to Volkman or Anderson? Well, has has Volkman been named again for the Warriors? I didn't really pay too much attention to the Warriors team, with apologies. But um, just on that, it would be awesome to see the Warriors back and playing in um, New Zealand again um, for all the sacrifice that they did over the last couple of seasons. So Volkman has... He is named in the number six. I'd probably just get Anderson, though, just for the potential of round 17 cover. Um, the problem with Volkman as well is that he's in a position of... What's his position? He's in halfback. You don't want to be running enough there, in my opinion. You're going to want to have double guns there. Center wing, it's, you've got a bit more flexibility to leave someone like enough in there because you've got seven slots to play with. So no, I'd definitely go Anderson over Volkman if you are looking to go for a cheapy there, um, Jasper. Although Tamara Martin, look, he... If you still held him, I'd probably just hold him because he's going to cover for round seventeen, isn't he? So um, I, I, I don't even know if I, I, I don't even know if I'd do that move necessarily, Jasper, because you'll get the round seventeen cover um, from Tamara Martin. Alright, guys, I think we'll probably end the stream there. We've answered most questions. Um, give the stream a like if you guys did enjoy it. Really appreciate you guys tuning in on this uh, Tuesday evening after what felt like ages um, and a nice Blues victory on the weekend as well. So yeah, give the stream a like on the way out. Um, I will also do a quick plug as well. We do have now on the channel a memberships thing. It's a completely um, non-mandatory as well. It won't change any of the content as well. All the content will continue to be free. It's just a way for you guys to show some support for me and you get access to some cool badges and some emojis that you can also use in the comments section and also on live streams as well. So that's also an option if you want to feel free to join just to sh- uh, show me some support, but completely not mandatory and um, won't change any of the, the content at all on the channel. Uh, do I expect, we'll, we'll finish on this question, do you expect a big number of Origin players to be rested in round 18? Yeah, it'll be Peter, it'll be similar to say what happened in round 14. Although round 14, we didn't actually see that many players get rested. So uh, it remains to be seen what are, what like what I expect. It really depends. You could say maybe there's more restings because game three decider, a little bit extra intensity. Players get a little bit more sore, um, so maybe there's a few extra restings. It just really emphasizes the need to have good depth in your team um, so that you can cover for any of those kind of late um, round eighteen outs. Um, all right, Mitchell, thank you so much for the nice comment. Yeah, we'll end the stream there as well. Um, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, See you all in the next one.